1: Learn more at Marines.com. Hockey! Yeah, yeah. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. And it is Judd's Hockey Show. It's a Wednesday edition, so it's not just Judd's Hockey Show. It's not just Declan's Hockey Show. It's also Jesse Pierce's Hockey Show from the Bar Down Beauties. Multi-talented, all over the place, covers the uh, team as well for NHL.com. Does a fantastic job. Um, and let's start here, Jesse. Let's start with the performance that's just been off the charts. And I feel like we can't talk about it enough with the way he's going right now. Matthew Boldy, what, two hat-tricks in the past five games, Mm -hmm. up to 28 goals, zero goals in February, for which we criticized him and he deserved it. Um, And now 12 goals in 13 games in March. You know, when we talked about Karel Kaprizov being out, I think we fairly said a lot of guys are going to have to sort of help out. A lot of guys are going to have to score. I don't think any of us even came close to saying that Boldy was going to go from being a guy who everyone was telling to shoot more to not just shooting more, but now confidence off the charts. And this has been, dare I say it, a revelation with this player. I mean,
2: as Dean likes to say, he's firing the puck through the net. He's not just trying to get it to net. He's trying to get it through. I mean, the power, we've been reminded at what a beautiful shot Matt Boldy truly has when he utilizes it. That's what's so great to see now. Uh, Huge credit to Marcus Johansson because I think You can't say that he's gotten things going without looking at Marcus Johansson, who, as we've discussed on this podcast before, is a very similar player to Boldy, a playmaker, a guy that can move the puck through the zone and find the seams and find the passes. And he's doing just that. And Matt Boldy getting rewarded for it. Jewel Eric's neck, also a huge part of that line, uh, getting down in the gritty areas for the rebound should should he need to. So I think it's great. Uh, The thing I love about Matt Boldy is, I get to tell all the haters, like, yes, I told you, because I go back to that 2019 draft and everybody was so upset that Matt Boldy got drafted before Cole Caulfield. Yeah. Now, mind you, I've been able to watch Matt Boldy through the NTDP. I've done work with USA Hockey. So that class in general with your Jack Hughes, Trevor Zegers, Alex Turcott, Spencer Knight, I think, was in there. I mean, just an, a record amount of first overall draft picks from USA Hockey. Matt Boldy kind of got lost in the mix, but watching him at the All American game, which happened in St. Paul that year, I was like, "This kid is good." I mean, the way that he can move the puck, and so when he was drafted first overall by the Minnesota Wild that year, I was like, "This is all right. This is going to be good." And he's showing that, um, really stepping up. I mean, the fact that they've got him for seven years for seven million—that looks like a steal because that hasn't kicked in yet. Um, you know, it's he's going to be a thirty-goal scorer plus thirty-plus goal scorer. Excuse me, this season alone. Um, And I can't anticipate that this is a ceiling. He's just going to continue this momentum, not just this year, but for years to come.
0: I believe Jess, and I'm going to speak for him. I think one of those critics was on this show. I think it was Judd Zolgad who was a little perplexed that Cole Caulfield uh, wasn't taken by the Weld. I think you were... I don't, I, like were, I don't think you were. I don't think you liked both. You did like both. You didn't criticize Boldy, yes. but I think because because we saw obviously Caulfield a lot with Wisconsin, so he was yeah. playing the Gophers a lot. So I even saw him play a few times before he even entered the or before he was drafted. Um, and there definitely was a little bit of that that existed too with Eck and Brock Besser, right? I mean, everyone right. everyone was just apoplectic that they couldn't that they didn't take Brock Besser and Joel Erickson Eck, and now probably make the case that Eck is a better player than Brock Besser is. So mm-hmm. it is kind of funny how that all works out. But to the Boldy point, I mean the Johansson acquisition has helped wake him up to a degree. But I think also there is uh, just a new swagger with him that, that he just has a different uh, level of confidence. And you know, it's a sport where once you're feeling really, really good about yourself, it starts to show a little bit. And he's someone who wears his emotion on his sleeve, um, kind of shoots you straight too for the most part in, in the locker room and how he talks about himself and talks about the team. Uh, so it someone had to pick up the slack. I don't think anyone saw the wild basically being a more offensive juggernaut with one of the best players out in Kirill Kaprizov, uh, but Boldy has a new swagger and he's been carrying them to victories.
1: I love the uh, Dean comment. I think it was after the, the hat-trick in the Seattle game on Monday night about Boldy where he basically said at some point, he said, we had bas- basically our coaching staff, one guy a day would tell him to shoot more. like <laughs> Like we had all of these come to Jesus, you've got to shoot more kid meetings. I thought that was hilarious because that was, that was what we saw. And it's like, Jess, to your point, I mean, this guy, it's not just a nice shot, right? right. Like, that snapshot, those two, two of the three goals he scored on Monday were like, oh, my God, the release point on that shot is, the release time is incredible. And
2: 87 flex on that stick of his, too, you know. Ooh, nice. You oh, bringing the, yeah. oh, wow. bring in the
1: <laughs> hockey knowledge. Uh, yeah, which that, that stick pr- probably costs like, 500 bucks, too. Um, <laughs> but the reality is, how much do you think now? So, so like, to what, to what Dak said. Uh, Kaprizov I think the reports are he's going to start to skate this week hopefully and you know hopefully he's back as Kirill Kaprizov for the playoffs what do you think the chances are what's your confidence that this team and Boldy in particular with his line now which by the way has become probably more dangerous than the Fiala-Boldy line was last year can maintain this into the playoffs because you know that's the thing that happened last year Fiala disappeared And Kaprizov played well, but you can't have one line. So, and I'm not, I hate to say that Kaprizov injury is a good thing because that just sounds like such a ridiculous (laughs) statement. But But what are the odds that the Wild can now have two lines going that can really score into the playoffs and that Boldy can keep this confidence up in the playoffs.
2: I mean, obviously, it's going to be a test starting tonight against Colorado. I know we don't want to dive too much into it, but seeing how they fare against the Avs who are right there in the mirror who have that best top line, but then they're good on the second, third, and fourth and finding their momentum, I think if you can see how they match up with them, then that's a good sign. I mean, currently, as it sits with Kaprizov out, Matt Boldy's line is the top line. If you really want to go in numerical order, that is no question. The number one line, Uh, but a lot of teams are successful, obviously without just one strong line. So to have two, to be able to carry that in. Yes. Like you said, Judd, as long as they don't disappear, as long as Boldy doesn't go all Kevin Fiala on us, come playoff time, they'll be in good shape. And I don't see any reason why they should. Yes. Some of these teams as of late, are kind of up in the air. But you look at that game against New Jersey, that was a heck of a game and Boldy was present. Oh. He hasn't disappeared in any of these big time games, which I think is very promising moving forward because the playoffs, obviously, as we all know, big time. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And, and look, the Colorado's a deep team and the wild and Dallas and Colorado are still vying for who could win that division and how that eventually falls obviously in the playoff picture. Cause one of those three teams is obviously not going to be at on home ice advantage for the first round. So there's a lot at play there. But yeah, how they stack up against a, a a deep Colorado team is going to be very interesting here. I mean, I think the Wild, if they got Seattle, which we saw obviously on Monday, that if, if they've got the crack and well, that would be probably the most favorable postseason matchup possible. Uh, but Colorado would obviously be a dogfight. Dallas would still be a dogfight. But how they stack up in the playoffs and how this whole roster basically comes together with Kirill's return. And obviously how we, uh, we talked about Nyquist is trying to fit his piece of the puzzle into here. Uh, when he's back from injury, there's a lot of things that have to be kind of solved here, but good problems to have. I mean, Matt Boldy's been the superstar, but then, man, you get a supplement of Kril Kaprizov coming back, that's going to be even more incredible.
1: And if guys do, uh, if if they can get past the first round, guys are going to get hurt. So, so like, the whole, the whole Nyquist thing is going to solve itself um, because if you're going to make a deep playoff run, you need depth. Mm-hmm. Here's what I like about the Boldy-Eck johansson line in the playoffs one if i'm not mistaken johansson not only has playoff experience but but success there so like he has played in the playoffs before and gotten points erickson x should be a playoff player like his style he gets mugged consistently they don't call it in the playoffs that becomes norm at times and boldy to me is a tougher overall player than fiala was so i could actually make a case that I think that that Ek line, if they play up to how they should play, is going to be or should be a really good playoff line. And and again, no matter who you play, they're going to, if Kaprizov is playing, they're going to have to put their best defensive line on the Kaprizov line. Like they've got no choice. You can't be like, well, it's just Kaprizov, who cares? So <laughs> I, I, I actually think the construction of the Ek line um, gives the Wild a better chance in the playoffs than the Boldy-Fiala line did. And who centered that? Was that Goudreau, right? Because Eck exactly. was yeah. on the grief line. Yeah. Um, so I, I actually like how that plays out. And this all sort of fits into me, which is, you know, Bill Guerin has built a better playoff model this year than he had last year. Last year's team, a lot more fun to watch, a lot more sexy, scored more goals, pulled the goal center and scored all the time. But I really do believe as I've watched this team gel, uh, what, 14 1 and 15, 15 1, 1 and 4. 4 in the last 20 games. Mm-hmm. As we've watched that, I really do believe that how they're playing is translatable. I wouldn't have necessarily said that last year.
2: Yeah. You know, it's ironic, too. Monday, the 27th, was actually the same time last year when the Wild were. At 500. They reached 500 at the same point in time, which is crazy to think about, considering last year everybody looked at that team as this hot, rolling, doing everything right, unstoppable squad. And this year's team has turned themselves around and turned themselves into a very similar squad, again, without the high. Uh, propensity for scoring necessarily, which I think is okay. Again, we know how important the defense is, you know, goaltending, you look at that Seattle team, that Seattle team offensively was so good and so sound and every right to be fighting for that wild card spot, their goaltending is absolutely atrocious. Whereas this year, I'm feeling better about the goaltending tandem. We don't need to go down the path of how I felt about last year's tandem, but I like where we're at now with Philip Gustafson. I think that's going to be huge as they move forward and move into the playoffs. And again, that's a credit to Bill Guerin. Bill Guerin went out and made those offseason moves. And even at the trade deadline, they weren't big splashes, right? Everybody was kind of humming and hawing and scratching their head at what Bill Guerin was doing, and it wasn't like last year. It wasn't getting a Marc-Andre Fleury. It wasn't getting these guys that you knew were there just to help with the playoffs. But he did it right. He did something absolutely right. Again, I will be the first to say I didn't know Marcus Johansson was going to come in and just really up the tempo, up the pace of this team and just kind of gel in as immediately as he did. And I think he's a huge part. Klingberg has also been a-okay on the back end. I'm not going to give him too much credit, but I mean, I haven't disliked that and Oscar Sunquist has done his job too so they weren't sexy they weren't huge transactions but Bill Guerin's making them work and to your point earlier Judd Nyquist is going to come into play at some point in time down the road here too and I am still very very excited about that
0: kind of feels like last year you know you were uh you're dating out of your league you know you uh you, you <laughs> thought you were really you thought you were the bee's knees you thought you were really good because you had you had a really hot companion but but you know it's not something to take home to mom it's not someone that's going to be sustainable for you. And luckily, uh, the Wild, I think this year, have a much more stable relationship, right? Is it the sexiest of relationships? Maybe not, but it's it's a relationship. You can put a ring on it, and you're happy about it. And uh, I, I think the Wild's just how they're playing this year, it's it's much more sustainable. You know, it, it, the weird part is, is during this boldy stretch in the last 10 games, basically without Kirill, where, I mean, they look just like the team last year where they were scoring at will, kind of. So mm-hmm. I think with the combination of both their goaltenders playing as well as they are, um, this offense trying to mostly finding its groove for the most part, it's more sustainable and it gives you a, a lot more hope that they can actually get through the first round of a playoff series.
1: Here's my thought too, goaltending wise, Jesse. And in fact, I told uh, Dex this after the game on Monday, both goaltenders in the playoffs are going to play.
2: Right. They have like,
1: to. I, like, I don't think this is uh and, and yes, it'll, you know, flower starts get game one because of Dean, probably that's just my guess. Um, and like Dak said, if he is unbelievable in game one, he starts game two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if, you know, but I will I will be shocked if both of them don't play within the first three games. Mm-hmm. I will be really surprised. So I think we could put to bed the, now Dean's going to keep it a secret. Like Dean, Dean's going to love this because it allows a coach, a hockey coach, loves to not tell you who's going to play goal. <laughs> and ordinarily we know. Um, but beyond him trying to keep a lid on his, goaltender I will be shocked if both don't play like I'm past the point of who plays now they're both going to play and it's partially it because when this team is playing well too I mean both of those guys have been great no question about it and when this team is playing the structure it's supposed to play they play and they got away from the skins the Kraken I thought a little bit but mm-hmm. they play a pretty sound style yeah. so I don't even think it's a controversy now
2: No, I don't think so. And it's a rotation, which Dean also hates, but it's clearly a rotation. I haven't seen who starts tonight in Colorado. I don't know if that's been announced, but it's been every other. And Marc-Andre Fleury, to his credit, has stepped up his game when he needed to as well. He was kind of struggling a little bit up and down in Gus for sure. I was all ready to say the number one, number one, Uh, but it's definitely 1A and 1B to me right now. And in that opinion, if you have a 1A and 1B, why not? playing both, especially against a team, just to throw them off, no matter what the the series might be at. I mean, not just waiting until you're in a must-win situation, but actually doing it just because a team's going to have to reconfigure their entire play against you if you have a new goaltender in game two. Like, how fun would that be? Um, You know, and kind of final thought, I guess, on how differently constructed this team is. Not to say that. Everybody talked about, right, the culture in the locker room last year, and it was great. No question about that there was almost too much of a swag. Maybe I'm thinking like this year's team is a little bit more quiet. It's a little bit because as they all know, they didn't win the cup. They might've had this great regular season. They didn't do Jack with it after that. So it feels like that was a very humbling experience for the Wild. And I do wonder if that's going to help them in the long run, going back to Matt Boldy too, Matt Boldy, said to us uh, after the game on Monday that he's still the same guy that had zero goals in February, too. I mean, he's a very humble kid where you might not see that from a Kevin Fiala, right? Like, he he's very accountable, and I think, in general, this team has a better mentality moving forward. They're not getting too far ahead of themselves, which I think is a breath of fresh air and I think is going to obviously do incredibly well come postseason.
0: On the locker room front end... I think Judd and I kind of talked about this when when the Ryan Reeves trade happened because we were like same thing with Johansson and these like Ryan Reeves, huh? That that's interesting. <laughs> that seems a little strange. You can't score and you go and give up a fifth for a guy who doesn't score. Why would you do that? I think it it had a lot to do with yeah the state of the room to a degree, right? Did they get a little too hotty and a little bit too uppity on themselves from last year? They lose some pieces, obviously from from the years from years past. As it always happens in the off season, but I think they needed a little shot in the arm. That's what Ryan Reeves provided. Now, he's also been excellent on the ice over the last few weeks, too. But they needed a little bit of boost in the room. And I think if anyone kind of knows how that is, it's it's Garen, who has been on the player side of it. He's been obviously now on the executive side of it, that that room is very important to know your role in. And Ryan Reeves obviously knows his role. So I, I think that was kind of contagious. And then it just made the room a lot better. And yeah, there's it's quiet, but it's definitely still a confidence there. Uh, that that makes the room look really good.
1: So, and that that's where I think we get to a, a interesting discussion about the fact that, and I know it's a it's an award, but it's not like that big of deal. But I really think that Bill Guerin deserves serious consideration for being the GM of the year in the National Hockey League, and here's why: um, he definitely flushed the old room out, right? Like he got, I mean, Parisi and Suter were both gone at the same time for a reason. They traded guys for a reason. Um, But you know what I think they had? Like last year, I think the room was good. But I think what we learned in the playoffs especially was it was softer than we thought it was. Like they were a brash bunch and a fun bunch, and I think they get along great, and that's awesome. But when you looked at the lack of playoff experience that existed, and I know Flowers got a ton, but I'm saying outside of the goaltender, when you look at the lack of playoff experience and the lack of just grinder guys that'll just get through anything – they didn't really have a ton of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at it now, and this is where Bill, what he's done, and I mean the deadline is an incredible example. But as much as we questioned Johansson, he's a playoff guy. He's played in playoffs before. Um, Sunquist, he's played in playoffs. Sunquist strikes me as a really tough guy too. Like I think mm-hmm. he just go and grinds it out. Ryan Reeves is a tough guy. And so I think Bill went from really – redoing the culture of the room to saying, yeah, I redid the culture, but I don't know it, it, it's as tough. And before they got Reeves, it was really, I thought coming off the playoff loss last year, you guys eye-opening how quiet that room had gotten and sort of shaken, like their confidence was shaken and Reeves came and it's like, screw this. What are you guys doing? Let's go. And, and they have, and that's where Garen has just marvelously orchestrated that room. Now into a really tough room. I think if they lose in the playoffs now, it's not going to be because you felt that they were soft. And I felt Mm -hmm. that by, and I really felt in the Blues loss, you know, that Blues team was tough. And Berubia will kick your ass for a a dollar. (laughs) Um, That's not going to be the case now. And I really think that Guerin deserves a ton of credit now for having a room that feels, for lack of a better term, like it's playoff ready. I mean, he gets that award. If they get the cup, right? Like, I still think you have think it's to get a regular prove. season award, right? But, no, it- but
2: he's still, but I'm saying, like, in my opinion, yeah. it's his if they win the cup because you need that final proof. Joe Sackick, I believe, won last year. Obviously, they won the cup, but yeah. he had built that team. So I feel like there's more to prove, right? Minnesota's always had that team that's gotten there. They've maybe done little moves, maybe not as much. And you're right, Bill Garen has done more than GM's past, probably but I still, you need, there's more to prove. I don't want just a first round. I give me a Western conference final. I would take that even. I think that would say a lot about what Bill Guerin has done with this team. If they can make it back to a Western conference final, that would be huge. So maybe not even the cup, but I like it. Yeah. I mean, Bill Guerin, the respect he has across the league and amongst other teams and other team organizations, staff is, is just tremendous. I mean, He's confident in what he's doing. He doesn't care if you disagree with it, which we all do uh, on a media spectrum at some point in time. And then he comes in and proves us right. Like, Oh, you're right. Ryan Reeves was a good addition at the right time. I mean, he just, he's got this great mind and he has that background of being a player that I think that combination works incredibly well, much like Joe Sackick, whereas Joe Sackick, I think utilized both those as well to, uh, to get Colorado to the promised land. So he, uh, he's done a good job, but I, I need just a smidge more Billy. I need you to get this team ready to get out of the first round and get to a conference final.
0: And, you know, I think there's a lot of people that just don't understand sometimes the process of what Garin's doing, right? Like they, they wanted Boldy to play two years ago in that Vegas golden night series. So they hold off for a second. And then Matt Boldy for the last calendar year has been one of the best forwards in the NHL. And then same thing with Rossi, right? Like Rossi's turning up the NHL. Why aren't you calling up Marco Rossi? Well, the team's winning games. You've supplemented some great acquisitions here without, by the way, giving up the farm to do so. They still have their first round picks. They still have all their top prospects. They didn't give up a ton to buy buy high on, you know, a a, a replacement level player, if you will. And they're in position here to potentially make a playoff run. Like what I guess what more would you kind of want there if if you're if you're kind of questioning what Guerin has done so far? It's been phenomenal. And with with the limited cap resources that the Wild already have, like how do you kind of look at it and say, like, He's not doing his job. He's not doing up to par. It's been phenomenal with what he's been able to do. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're hear in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment.
1: That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not as a, simple you know, as what? bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't
0: want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so
1: many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal.
0: Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify.
1: And Jess is right. Like, I do want a run. I just think that he's constructed a roster now that they can make one. Mm-hmm. And he has also so like to what Dex just said with uh with Boldy not playing against the Golden Knights, um Billy has made it very clear he wants men playing mm-hmm. for him. He doesn't want boys playing for him. So like if you're a hot young prospect, he's not going to promote you for that. He wants to make sure like, like when you look and and just you're in, in there way more than I am but when you go in that locker room like the those are grown-ass adults those right. aren't there's not a lot Most of, of them <laughs> yeah well no as far as mentality as far yeah. as their their maturity goes they're kids but I'm saying like as far as the hockey goes those are grown-ups they know what they're doing now and and that's the thing I think in retrospect you guys and this might be totally unfair and he's a really good player so I'm not disparaging him I think part of what drove uh, Dean and Bill crazy with Fiala was the fact that he could sort of come off as soft at times. And he was, and if things went wrong, he sort of would turtle a little bit, you know, I mean, the playoffs last year were disturbing. He didn't do anything. And Kaprizov worked his ass off and, you know, Kaprizov for as young as he looks plays like a man, like they, like he'll hit you, he works his ass off. And so I, I think the construction of what these two guys want is very, very clear. And I, I'm with you, Jesse. I want to see them make a real run here. Mm-hmm. But, but I feel like, and I've been wrong before, I feel like what we're seeing in this roster now gives them that potential. And I guess I should have been more, um, more cynical of that last year. I thought it was a good team. Uh, but this team, this team has fought the fight, and they continue to, and they do a pretty damn good job consistently.
2: I still am kind of spinning my head that they're here at where they are and they've turned this thing around so wholeheartedly. I mean, they had given up, what, 20-some goals in the first three games when we watched them, and you were just kind of feeling like this squad was not what it was. And you again, I knew it wasn't going to be what it was last year. You just didn't think it'd be that big of a fall. And then you're kind of like definitely a bubble team. Now they're messing around and going for first in the central, which is just kind of mind boggling to me, but you're absolutely right. I mean, they've constructed as a team that's sound in each area, not just offense. It's also pretty good in defense, better in goaltending. Um, and again, I love what Billy's done. Don't get me wrong, boys. I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm all for his patience in development. That's one thing that he's constantly preaching about every single player he's building for the future. And I know it's frustrating to not get those immediate rewards. You're not seeing, you know, great sound, solid, complete teams one year, two years after these players are drafted. But I still, I just need, I need more. I just selfishly need to get more games in guys. I need to get paid. I get paid per game. So the more they play, <laughs> get the, the more I get, yes, the more I get paid. So Billy, less your side swiping me some money let's get to the Western Conference Finals.
1: Dex, your your point, too, on Monday, I think, is is dead on as well, which is this. If we're talking about a playoff run, I mean, this version of the Western Conference is wide open. Yeah. It really is. Like, I look, Colorado's going to be tough, all right? Mm-hmm. And, and I know that the Wild will never say this, but I would prefer they avoid them in the first round, which they have a very good chance to do. Um, but if you get Colorado banged up in the second round and you play them and you're not as banged up, uh, but you know, Dex's point, I think is spot on, which is if you're ever going to make a run with a team where you're like, is that team great? They're probably not great. There are some, there are some teams with question marks here that you could, could get past. I feel like a year ago, you weren't going to get past Colorado. Like it just wasn't going to to happen. I don't feel that now, Declan.
0: Yeah, I mean, the West is so wide open. I mean, if the Wild were in the East, I mean, there are five teams in the East I can see legitimately making the Cup. Um, Boston's obviously might be the favorite, but Carolina's been damn good. The Devils have been good. Is this the year frickin' Toronto was able to win a damn playoff series? I don't know, but they're too talented, I think, to not uh, do so. So there's a lot of teams in the East that are really good. The West is wide open. I mean, unless Colorado gets at full strength by the time playoff comes, and that that's still in question, that scares me a bit. Vegas' goaltending situation is, in my opinion, a, a still a huge problem. Um, Dallas, you know, can Ottinger carry them, or is he kind of running out of gas? Like he, They've been riding him all season long, so can he get hot by the playoffs, or is he going to be completely gassed by the time the playoffs come in? The, the path in the West is wide open, in my opinion. I mean, I, I don't see uh, multiple teams like I do in the East where it's going to be a problem. And in fact, uh, I would even get your popcorn ready if, if you're a Minnesota Wild fan, and I would go to popcorn.com where there's great tasty options, plenty of great options for popcorn, okay? Go to Popcorn.com or go to Minnetonka off Shady Oak Road and Highway 62. Get your popcorn ready. Get that wild playoff tin ready. You can be munching on some popcorn as we hopefully watch the wild make a run into the Western Conference Finals and beyond. Go to Popcorn.com to learn more.
2: Although, guys, I hate to say it, how many times have we said that about the Vikings and their path
1: to... Uh, And the wild. And the wild, yeah. yeah and the wild we've said it before Mm -hmm. about them too i just feel like that that this does present an opportunity uh but yeah and and look i guess my question is this they have played so well in this last stretch like off the charts no as as you said jesse no one saw this coming can you keep that up in the playoffs too because like i mean you you sort of reach a fork in the road there and it's like you got to reset the playoffs start and it's not just an extension um, so there are some definite questions here. I just, I at least see a roster, I think has a chance. Um, if you get Seattle or if you get Dallas, I like your chances. I hate to say that cause I'll be proven wrong again, but, <laughs> but you know, Jess, you're right. The Kraken goaltending is awful. And oh I don't think gosh. it's going to prove in the playoffs. And I mean, I thought you were going to jump on the press box I, and, <laughs> and, and, and you're not a Kraken fan, <laughs> but you hate bad oh, goaltending. I hate
2: bad goaltending. It was so bad. Like it was so hard to watch. Like, oof like i just yeah i mean sorry seattle that's a that's a tough goal for you guys
1: well it's a shame too because they're a good team and i think with competent goaltending they could probably win a playoff round but i mean my god martin jones and jonesy come on yeah yeah i think he got off to a decent start but he's he's been bad all right last question uh i believe the wild have eight games left if i'm not mistaken five against playoff teams they do have a gauntlet of a schedule dallas i think has the easiest one colorado has a game in hand Starting with you, Jesse, um, does the Wild win the division?
2: Yes. Okay. I Ooh. changed my mind. Actually, on uh, my on Beauties episode this week said no. So I don't know what has changed in me. My gut says yes, because I think they're playing really well on the road too, right? So that's incredibly helpful. They have a great road record right now. They're playing good road games. So that'll be good. Plus, you've got St. Louis coming up. Meh, you should probably take them. Winnipeg has Ooh. fallen off the map ever since they hurt Kirill Kaprizov, which is hilarious. Um, you know, some of those squads again. Yeah, why not? I mean, this means Colorado needs to struggle and they will because they have to fall as well. So, yeah, go for it. Go with it.
1: So right,
0: I, I think uh, as black and white as this sounds, if the Wild win tonight, then Yes. If they lose, the math then is going to swing for them completely against it. Uh, They're already on the outside looking in of the three teams, projection-wise, to win the Central between Colorado and Dallas. So this is a, a pivotal swing game, if you will. So if the Wild win tonight, I think they're in position to do so. If they lose, no, I think they're battling for second or third spot
1: in the Central. I don't think they win tonight, and I don't think they win the division, but I still think that they set themselves up for me to expect them to win and to rip them if they don't when they play the Dallas Stars in the first round because Colorado flying past them to me is absolutely fine. I just don't want the Avs in the first round. So if they if they have home ice against the Dallas Stars, and Jake Ottinger, who was marvelous against Calgary in the playoffs last year, has not been as good of late. I, I think he's tired. They play him all the time. Uh, But give me Ryan Suter. He has just cooked. He's slow as molasses <laughs> and he's going to try to do too much. Um, so I think the wild doesn't win the division. I think they finish second and they better to Jesse's point about, because your, your implication that there's pressure here, I think is spot on. Like you're right. Like show us more. The expectation should be that they win in the first round and beat Dallas. So I don't think they do, but I don't think it's a negative. I just mm-hmm. want to avoid the abs
2: Fair. I just,
1: I just want the abs to get beat up in the first round. Yeah. Like, like McKinnon gets hurt. Yeah. he gets, And he's going to get a little bit. I mean, he's a marvelous player. But, you know, McCarr had some problems. Bi- uh, Bo Byram had some problems. I just want a beat-up Avalanche team in the second round to give me a chance. Jesse, thanks much. Um, check her out, of course, Bar Down Beauty's podcast. Uh, also, she does a great job covering the wild for NHL.com. You can find Jesse Pierce all over the place, including with us on Wednesdays here on Judd's Hockey Show. He's Declan, and I am Judd Zolgad. We'll talk to you later. Pass your score. You know, there's no room for petty bull.